Thanks for joining us for the February 3rd, 2023 episode of Dan Excelsior, the Mostly Marvel Podcast. Uh, I'm Dennis, and I'll be your host as we recap the latest uh, super news that caught our attention across the multiverse. But uh, as the show title suggests, it'll probably mostly be uh, Marvel. Um, later in this episode, we'll be putting a spotlight on the 1983 film Crawl. But before that, we'll be getting in some Q&A with the gang that signed on to watch it with me. Uh, for those of you tuning in, don't be shy. We'll, we love hearing from you in the comments. And if you can't get enough of us, you should visit patreon.com slash denixmedia, uh, where you'll find a variety of creative offerings, including recent episodes of our live after show, The Soapbox. Patrons get exclusive access to chat with us there. But if that's not your thing, don't worry. Uh, we'll release them to the public at a later date. Um, all right, cool. I got all those formalities out of the way. So we're going to get some people out here. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out the best the best one for 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 him this time around. We're gonna say he's my list the Lisa to my Colwyn. How about that? It's Ricky. Who? Ah, uh, see, because you said you didn't know any of the of the characters. The <laughs> I just figure, you know, like we're two platonic people that just happen to be related by some you know convenience. Um, and uh, yeah, we can talk about Cole more later. But uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for putting up with that movie. Um, that was a suggestion by the other person that's coming on our show you right know, now. It's like that restaurant you want to try at a you know <laughs> around around your neighborhood that you never went to. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy I did it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, his love of Marvel may only ex- be exceeded by his love of all things '80s. It's Clark. Was that a good description? I picked this one. This was yeah, mine. I own it. You did. You did. I will own it. <sighs> you did. Um, we're not ready to talk about Kroll quite no. yet, but I did have to do that sigh yes. because um, I think I had dodged the Kroll bullet for all of my 40-some years on this planet. Um, and uh, But like the glaive, it comes right back at you. Yeah, God, a yeah. glaive, man. All right, we save, yeah. we save, we save. Yeah, right. we'll save it. We'll save it for later. Uh, thanks for being back on the show in 2023. I think it's always a pleasure. Time. Yeah. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with what's what we've been doing lately, uh, there's been a, a drought of Marvel of Marvel content. Uh, there there has not been a new show or new movie since the Guardians uh, holiday special in November. Uh, so we've decided to just start revisiting old classic heroes journey stories and seeing them through the lens of now. Um, and, you know, we'll keep doing that until Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out uh, in two more weeks. Right. You guys got um, tickets? Yep. No, nah, I haven't got tickets yet. I'll just I just get them the day of whatever. Yeah. It's, just, it's not a big I, deal. I, I have my tickets. I'll just go see it. Um, and and I, I'm happy to go see it. Don't 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 dismiss you know or don't confuse what I, my 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 tone for lack of excitement. I am excited. It's just a it's just a given. I will go see a Marvel movie as soon as it comes out. But uh, outside of the Marvel stuff that, that that's coming down the pipeline, uh, what have you guys been nerding out on lately? Uh. You guys know I've been doing. I've been I've been going down this baseball football card route, going to a card convention tomorrow. Um, but have you guys heard heard of an app called What's That? 
it's like live mini auctions for collecting. Mm. That's where I've been getting most of my cards and uh, sports cards are just like a fraction of that site. You can go down like the Lego route, the coin route, the Marvel Legends route. Um, but it's kind of cool. It's like it's like live auctions um, and you bid off to the site. But it was a uh, not to give them a plug, but I, it was super cool to see all the different collectors meeting together and you can find literally everything and anything on there just to just to clarify i, I mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very proud that you're enjoying disposable income but you do have a 401k also right yeah it's okay, it's cool, all cool, sunk cool. in the cards yeah all right no 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 no. <laughs> no just want to make sure you've got some savings set up yeah 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 for, it's all in the cards okay. mm-hmm. no 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 well there's also some in bitcoin and dogecoin oh and- god all right, we'll we'll work on that later. Got some beanie babies. Yeah, it's uh, trust me. As somebody who who has collected a lot of things in his life, it's best to streamline and figure out, pick one lane and go down mm-hmm. that, because it it'll bite you in the ass later. It definitely does. Clark, what about you? What have you been doing now? Man? I uh, went to the Pasadena Comic Con last weekend. Oh, which is only one day. And is it just it just reminds me of humble beginnings, uh, you know. Probably the the biggest celebrity there was uh, Johnny Young Bosch. Who he had the biggest line? Yellow Black Ranger. Yeah, Black Ranger Black from Ranger. like the, the second or third. The Power second Rangers. Black Ranger. Yeah. yeah, when they decided maybe the Black Ranger shouldn't be a black person. Oh, that was yeah. so. Uh, he had he had the longest line. Uh, there and they had uh um but it was they had a few uh celebrities um mostly it was toys and not a lot of artists so mm-hmm. um you know all just a one one ballroom at the pasadena convention center you walked right in uh, yeah and stuff. so you know just a a humble reminder of how comic cons began and so, so i went with Alina. And uh, my friend Lisa, and so that was fun. That's cool. What uh, was the coolest thing you saw there that you couldn't buy? <laughs> well, they had, you know, uh, they did have a lot of, they had a lot of the figures and the toys, and it was, it was kind of interesting going to see, because uh, I don't normally have time too much for that in San Diego and such, but seeing like the old GI Joe collection and stuff, and I. I had actually just gone through some of my old collections because I was looking for something else. And so then you find the box marked GI Joe's and like, Oh, there's that. And I'm like, Mm. Oh, wow. This one's actually worth something. And you should go to what's that. I should. Mm. Now I'm going to. (laughs) Maybe I have a second retirement with my actual 401k. Um, But I mean, for, uh, for me, I, I, the, the best thing is that I found a Disney artist who had some really good art. Uh, and he had some, um, the best thing that was there that I didn't buy is some of his originals because they were like 300 bucks, but they were, they were really good. Uh, but um, I was, like what, what much. era Disney artists, like nineties, uh, like Disney Renaissance, like little mermaid. Oh, uh, wow. He's That's the one cool. that drew the penis in the castle. Uh, he is not, uh, but uh, he's, he's, I have his card somewhere, but it's, Wait, it's kind when of... you say he is not, you that means you asked him just to clarify <laughs> that he's not. 
Was it the? We, we we always talk about the penis in the castle of Little Marie. No, we didn't. I'm I'm, I'm guessing there, but uh, um, he we were talking. He had a print of Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea that I really like. And then I'm going through, and I also chose one of his Rocketeer prints. And he goes, "Okay, I know how old you are now." Yeah. Okay. Uh, based on the list of movies we should watch, it's on the list. It doesn't oh. need to be added. It's okay. already on the list. My list is 4,000 movies, Ricky. I promise you, Crawl was already on the list. Oh. <laughs> you should have uh, that list. But he yeah. had, he's like, he said, I have a 20,000 leagues uh, um, room in one of my houses. And I'm like, one of your houses? That's and it turns, cool. it turns out that he, he, he creates themed, Disney-themed Airbnbs in Florida that he rents. For, oh, that's awesome! For really good stuff, that's, really cool. that, that's really close to. And so he pulled out his phone and he's showing us pictures of of his house and the different themed rooms. They're all Disney themed and stuff. And so, you know, that was the side, highlight. Side note, because the best I could add to that is, I once stayed at a cabin in Idlewild that was Prince themed. It was the living room was purple. There was guitar. There was a bunch of Prince albums you could play on vinyl. Purple's not and a good was... cheat color for like an Airbnb. <laughs> well, it just it is what it is, you know. Yeah. There was a purple uh, sofa. That, that was about it. There was a there was a Prince Funko on a mantle. Like I don't think they put the effort that your guy did in into into theming out the place, but you know, they did the bare minimum to make you be like, I guess this is Prince themed, so. Yeah. Anyways, and I guess in other news, because this just happened, uh, I'm going to be in another play at PCC. Uh, I just got cast uh, a smaller role uh, in Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. But and, you're going to uh, play it with an American right. accent, correct? Nope, I'm doing please, the British. Please no, do. No, we're doing the All British. right, give the audience a taste of no, where it's at right now. It's not ready. It's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, since it's, you guys were kind enough to ask me what I've been nerding out on. And by the way, congratulations hey, on getting that part. Dennis, what have you been nerding out on? The Last of Us is amazing. I was going to say that, but that's something else. yeah. Oh, man. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to finish the game before I get to it. I don't the, think you should. Series. Wait, never finish the game? I didn't. I got through like three-fourths oh. of the game. Okay, I feel like well, you just watched the show. I can honestly say the show is way better than the game. Like way, way better. Like it's just um a lot better it, than the game. I think the what's the the uncharted problem, right? With Naughty Dog Games is like Nathan Drake's like a mass murderer. Yeah, and no, that's the, my problem. Is, and the is last like, Last of Us is kind of the same way. I think it's a little more justified story story wise in that game. But but the quantity of of human yeah. beings that Joel murders in the span of that game is like beyond like mass murder like it's just too it's, it's the game part it's, of the it's game I mean, it's, it's an it's, unbelievable but, amount of people but they're infected no there's a bunch of people he I kills that aren't yeah. infected too yeah it's, and it's like it's, it's way too many people and so like, it's like really, the walking dead yeah but no but more he but kills more people than they do in the walking dead it's nuts like so i really appreciate that they just chop out all those parts of the game and then give you the story and and yeah, it's just it's a great right. show. I really love it. You can you can beat it if you want. 
but you'll once you beat it i watched like, episode one and i was on episode two and i think i think i've played through part of episode three but oh my God. so I, so i was holding but i will not hold anymore and just watch them as they I'll come say, out wow. you need to yeah. watch three now i know yeah, I, yeah. The, the, believe me i saw the internet explode after it like three man, is the greatest thing ever um that i've seen at least this year i just i i can't wait for nick offerman to get his emmy nomination for that yes. um it's happening that's, that's it's all happening. that i've heard ever great stuff so i will yeah. i will be doing that tomorrow then so i will I'll be caught up for Sunday's episode. And then the and then the other thing I've been uh, just binging in the background is that 70s show on Peacock. I can't stop watching it. Um, it is that show ages very well. Like and it, I think it's because it it's takes place in a time other than when it was filmed, you know what I mean? Like it was filmed in the early 2000s, but it takes place in the 70s, so like they just get to have fun making fun of a totally different era and it's it's surprisingly good like 20 years later you know it's 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 pretty awesome but i i i got on that kick because i watched that 90s show on netflix it's goodish it's not season nearly as coming. funny what's that they got a season two. Oh well that's cool yeah i'm i'm happy for them i would watch more of it just because i like uh i like the characters uh red foreman and kitty foreman you know like they're like the, they're two of the best characters in that 70s show and they're the only two that recur uh you know every episode in that 90s show so yeah but i highly recommend it it's it's if you've never watched it it's really funny there's a lot of weed smoked in that show like pretty much every episode and ashton kutcher is like kramer level good as a as a stupid idiot like I feel like he studied watching Seinfeld just to like learn how to be the best Kramer he could be on that show. I remember um, watching the show, but I definitely didn't like watch every episode of every season. I am on season five right now. It's I don't think I've ever gotten to a sitcom like that. It's pretty funny, man. It's pretty funny. It's a good show. Anyways, um, that's all we got. I don't know if you guys want to talk about like more on brand stuff. Like you got any Marvel news you want you got for us? Uh, well, I'm I am previewing Super Nintendo World this weekend at uh, Universal Studios. You're gonna get so, a band? The little magic band thing. Yeah, there? I'm gonna look at them. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, the magic band. It's There's like a, the wands for Harry Potter world. If you can interact with stuff with the band. Oh, it, it's an like actual record. amiibo though. Mm-hmm. So if that matters. That is true. Yeah. For, anyways. <laughs> we got I, I, I honestly, there's more stuff that I have. I, I haven't because I kind of want to be amazed when I go there. I haven't looked too much into the stuff. I want to be surprised, but I got one of the, uh, um, the preview t- uh, times for because I'm a pass holder. So I would argue that you should do the o- the opposite of that and get super prepared so that you can plan out your whole day. That's how I did California Adventure. I watched an entire thirty minute video of everything there was to do there, and I spent the entire day experiencing every single thing there was to do at the Marvel campus, the Avengers campus. I was really happy that I watched that video because it 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 let me know where things were. 
uh, and what I and you know what I could have missed out on had I not paid attention to it. So that's trip. just what's that? I'm due for another trip. Yeah, that's just my two cents. Anyways, Ricky, do it. Do it. Okie dokie. Let's get right into this uh, this week's news. First off, uh, first on deck, uh, Marvel's putting out a new book. So look out for the little guy written by Scott Lang, the in-universe book that's going to be featured in the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is actually being released as a action, as a, as a real book uh, containing short stories uh, about different parts of Ant-Man's life. That actually sounds um, really awesome. Yeah, they actually, I think the, this is probably the most newsworthy bit of book news that came out this week. But as part of this announcement, they actually, they're putting out another book, like the official MCU timeline. So people are kind of stoked on that to finally get some uh, clarity on what the hell has been happening for the past five, six years in what order. Oh, you mean the new movies, the new yeah. movies in the correct order. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I see. Next up, we got the boys. They were um, they were the most streamed superhero show of 2022. Are we surprised by that? Or no, not? I'm pretty sure everybody has an Amazon Prime account. Like we also have like, lots of show though. Yeah, but I'm saying like step one is have a Prime account, right? Like the barrier of entry for most of the Marvel stuff is you have to sign up for Disney Plus. You don't get free shipping with Disney Plus. So I'm just saying they've already got a bigger audience. You know, the net the net's capturing more people. Uh, so it makes sense. But on top of that, it's a damn good show. So I'm not going to knock it. Like, that's cool. So number one uh, superhero show, my number 11 show, uh, any show of last year. So... Pretty good numbers for. What was number boys. one? Uh, something that didn't surprise me. I remember Ozark Wednesday. It wasn't Ozark. Sorry, Strange, Stranger Things was number one. Yeah, Stranger okay. Things followed by Ozark Wednesdays and Dahmer in the crown. So Wednesday and it came, Wednesday came out like at the end of the year. That many people watched Wednesday, huh? A lot of people watch Wednesday. I watched Ozark and Dahmer, so but I've not watched Wednesday. I watched Wednesday, though okay. not the whole series, but I watched the first Interesting. episode. Well, but we all watched The Boys because yeah. it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we we also watched the first season of this Hit Monkey. Um, everyone's favorite Hit Monkey getting a season two over at Hulu. I Here's did not thing. watch Hit Monkey. Here's my thing, Ricky. Did you ever finish it? No. Okay, because like I tried to tell you guys, like if you can put up with it, there is a really great episode towards the end, but it's you have to get far, and uh, I don't think it's worth it to to put up with it. But cool, I guess Jason Sudeikis is going to come back for another season of Hitmonk. I mean, if you got a Jason Sudeikis project project right in twenty twenty three, you're going to try to greenlight it. What took them a year to greenlight this thing? Ten money effect. 
Yeah. Olivia Munn had a kid, right? So took oh, some God, time I, off there. I totally forgot she's in that. That's he had how, a kid, I think. That's how meaningless her contribution to that show was. <laughs> like, well, Hit Monkey season two uh, coming to a TV near you. But I heard they dropped the Marvel from it. I think it, they, from I what I understand, not, they they dropped like the the bigger plan of what they no, were going to do. But I'm saying it's the title is no longer going to say Marvel's Hit Monkey. That's what I read. In I'd be fine article. with that if it disconnected. Yeah. Oh well, I mean that means you don't get a Deadpool in it. That's fine. I'm fine with that too. <laughs> Okay. Alrighty, uh, Marvel Snap got an update this past week, but in the uh, Marvel Snap side of things, uh, the Kamala Khan uh, emote has kind of come up. Do you see that as a aggressive slash toxic emote when you see that thrown up on your Snap screen after a loss? Wait, is that is that what it means, or is that or you're asking if that if that's how we take it? How do you take it? Huh. Yeah, I, I take it as the one on the right. I I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, I so it, you know the original emote is her giving a thumbs up, and the yeah the implied saying the implied one is the middle finger. Huh. Any emote that I get at the end of a game, that you know, I take I, the, right. the Kamala Khan thumbs up when I beat somebody that spammed emotes the entire game. That's when when they're so confident they're going to beat me and then they lose and then I just remind them that they talk so much crap, then I spam the emote. But I never really considered it a, an FU, more like, you know, how's that taste kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's kind of aggressive, but it's no more aggressive than all of the emotes that get spammed in that game. I, I would not label it as toxic. Yeah. That's it's just kind of been the d- discourse from this past week on uh on the Snap, Snap Twitter. What are what is everyone's take on this? And some people uh take it super personally and others just see it in stride, but it is kind How of How do you take anything personal on that when it's all just a bunch of canned emotes? I don't take anything. Yeah. Personal. Also like I like I try I, I mentioned this on the on the the other show that that I do, the Cracking Snap with Chi, um, with Dennis and Chi, is really it's, it's me and Chi. Um, I mentioned that like as much as I want to get mad at players in that game, like when they do crummy things, like you know, uh, use Hobgoblin or or Green Goblin or any anything that's just meant to Fuck ruin me. your day. Yeah. It's not their fault, man. It's the cards. It's the, the people who made the cards. It's the, you know what I mean? It's the developer's fault. So, like, don't get mad at the player for just using the game as intended, you know? Like, it's just... So, if if these if these emotes are in there, and I feel like they're the most non-threatening emotes ever, if you want to get mad at them, I think you seek therapy. I don't know. Like, that's just... That just seems like too much. Like, I'm still gonna drop four scorpions on team five whenever I can. So, I know. I'm still snapping on turn one. So, there we go. I did. I did the scorpion. The four scorpions on Bar Sinister today, 
just because of you. I I had, <laughs> I had the option and I was like, I was like, I, I did four night crawlers on turn one and then I moved them off the of it and then I did four scorpions and then on turn three they quit. <laughs> well um, I love that game. It's great. That that was it for Marvel news. What about uh, Marvel Legends? That was it for Marvel not Legends news. <laughs> <laughs> but we have some uh DC news to talk about. Oh uh, okay gotcha. James Gunn has revealed part of uh, his 10-year plan for uh, for DC. Uh, the first phase saga, what you call it, is going to be called uh, Gods and Monsters. And it's going to be uh, at least contain some movies, some, some TV shows, some games, and an uh, interconnected uh, universe. Before we list them off, how, how are we feeling about this announcement? Well, there's, I mean, I know you're going to list them off, but like, uh, there's another thing that, that he mentioned that he's going to do, um, or two things. One, there are some shows or some existing properties out there that are not going to be, uh, they're going to have their own universes, right? And Elseworlds. so they're going to be rebranded as Elseworlds stories. So I think that includes like Harley Quinn, and I think that includes uh, Teen Titans Go!, and whatever other TV shows so may be running, the Batman the and its subsequent show. Oh yeah, the Batman, the, the 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 sequel to the the Matt Reeves Batman movies and the and spinoffs from that. Those are all going to have an Elseworlds logo thrown up at the beginning of the movie, and I really like that because I think that my some of my favorite DC stories have always been Elseworlds stories because it's one thing to like have such an established lore that like. It's just, it's just, you know, transcended like just the comic books, right? Like people who've never read the, the story of Superman know Superman's story, right? So like, I think the coolest thing about Elseworlds is that they lean on that and then they tell different versions of those kind of things. And so um, I appreciate that, that they're, they're leaning into that more because that's, that's a, that's a logo that they've used a lot in in uh, in DC in the comics that it's always got me just a little bit excited because it's just like agreed yeah I, I think just we're, before we list off the slate they also denote that part of the DCEU will be uh, part of this new plan so everything will be kind of reset with the upcoming Flash movie yeah with that's... Ezra being iffy on continuing as the Flash. Oh, dude, that guy ain't the Flash by the end um, of the movie. You and I, but we all know that right now. Breaking <laughs> story: it's a different actor that comes out of that well, time travel. He didn't. They didn't. They weren't. I figured if you were going to say that, you would say it now. Nah, nah, no, because they spoiled everything else about the movie already. Well, skipping, skipping past the flash point. Uh, Aquaman will be the first movie in this universe. So. Aquaman is here to stay. Blue Beetle is going to be a its own thing as part of the. It's probably the. I think the last project of the DCEU. No, I think Blue Beetle is still part of this. This his eight to ten year plan. He included it in the list. Also, also, uh, what you might call it, um, the Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Blue Beetle. 
So yeah, Shazam comes before Flash, so it could be part of the DCU, but then get reset. Yeah, but it, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're firing the Shazam yeah. cast. You know, they can still come over into the new, into the new universe. Yeah, they're like in um, in in movie purgatory. If they do well, they'll probably be yeah for sure looped sure. in. If they don't, then they're they're done. Yeah, um, but then Aquaman will or parts of Aquaman will survive uh, the, the flashpoint. Yeah, you know, which is, we, which is yeah. to say, not Amber Heard, <laughs> but definitely Jason Momoa. Are we okay with Jason Momoa being both Aquaman and Lobo? Is it confirmed I, that he's Lobo? No, I'm just playing fun with that. I don't think Personally, he ever was. I don't have a problem. I mean, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange and Dormammu. Yeah. Yeah, but one of those characters is a white guy and the other one's a big... Yeah, but head. I mean, Lobo... <laughs> yeah, but Lobo has so much makeup and... Yeah, they, Lobo's pretty made up. Fashion, yeah. And 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 the the personalities are different enough. Uh, I mean, if I recall correctly, they haven't shown it in the trailers, but I've heard Jason Momoa say that Aquaman too. They took they took a little bleach to his hair. They they blonde him up a little. Good. That that's that's what he said in an interview. But that was you know again so much things have changed. But and we haven't seen any new footage of Aquaman two for so long. Mm. But. Uh, Super Bowl's yeah. uh, next week. We'll, we'll to probably get something. I, you know what? Good something. point. Good point. But it's, uh, oh, no, well, I don't. You know, I'm not yeah, looking I'm forward not. to a Super Bowl commercial yeah. of the DC. You know what? Yeah. The last time I got a Super Bowl commercial yeah. of the DC universe, <laughs> that backfired pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, we're almost a the year, year of was... DC. I remember that. <laughs> so good. That was terrible. Uh, oh man, the biggest comeuppance. And and yeah. now now half the movies that were in that one are finally coming out this year. Yeah. Anyways, right. why don't you go through the list of things right. that are coming out here in the new in the new gods and monsters phase of the DC universe, the All new right. DC universe. The first thing to come out is a TV show, uh, Creature Commandos, starring Rick Flag, Rick Flag uh, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Weasel, and. The other two people I don't know. <laughs> so do we think this is a new Rick flag? I think so. I think so, but I don't have any doubts that Weasel will be played by his brother. Um, I mean, I, uh, honestly, James Gunn made Rick flag cool. Like, I thought that character was way better in the second Suicide Squad. They were, they were very adamant saying the character's who voice these uh animated and animated will, will be cast by the same people yeah. that would play them in real life yeah so yeah you gotta you gotta take that into account okay cool and then uh next hopefully after- joel kinnaman is a halfway decent voice actor <laughs> after that you got waller which is a pseudo uh peacemaker season two it'll follow amanda waller post uh post reveal in peacemaker and then number three on the list is probably the big boy it is superman superman legacy which is uh james gunn is going to write he is unclear if he will be directing that project 
but that'll be a is it All Star Superman kind of a similar take? It's what they well, they saying. showed the they showed the picture of All Star Superman when he was talking about it, and I can't help but think that's probably where it's drawing reference from, uh, which I'm cool with if it yeah. is because like I don't like Grant Morrison's writing, but like I do respect that Grant Morrison understands that comics constantly need to change the status quo in order to maintain or get new people on board. And I think like I was saying before, Superman is such an established character. The best way to get people interested in a 15 millionth reboot of this character is do something different that people audiences have never seen before with it. Um, and I think all-star Superman's a great story to tell for that, you know, which is just like, Superman is a massive dick that just like has infinite resources at his disposal, has like all kinds of stuff available to him. The guy's even cured cancer, but he doesn't feel that the people of Earth are ready for it. And that's just like, it's hilarious to me. Like it's like all, all of the little things that make that remind you that he's totally an alien trying to understand how to be human but i think that's a good starting point for a character that would eventually fall in love with humanity you know what i mean does that make sense yeah it sounds like it'll be a superman um like an already established superman story which is something we haven't gotten yeah kind of skip skip the farm skip uh krypton and just get him get him here skip smallville yeah yes yeah Thank you. Do all of that. All right. Next up yeah. is Lanterns, a uh, HBO Max show, which is being described as a true detective story about precinct Earth. Pretty stoked on that. I want to be stoked on it, but like it all depends on how good the special effects are. Are it's... we talking like, are we talking like, you know, The Last of Us budget? Or are we talking about Titans budget? You know what I mean? Like there's gonna be a lot of green circles. In between. You'll get in between. Uh, green circles and green squares. I mean, they're doing it smart by setting it on Earth. So you the the money can go towards the Green Lantern effects, right? You would be able to do it on Oa. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of surprise announcement, The Authority, a theatrical film. Um, is it Wildstar Comics? Is that, is that where that's from? Wildstorm. Wildstorm, uh, who uh, is a sub-label of DC. Yeah, I believe The Authority that was... was... Jim, yeah, it was Jim Lee's... Or Jim yeah, Lee's I believe it's, it's, it's Wildstorm, but it... I mean, uh, it's, it's... I could be wrong. It might actually be DC. Um but it's been de- described to me as boys adjacent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh an analogy for sure. Sure. I'm down with that. Um, yeah. Um it's the boys in the DC universe. Yeah. Which I think I think it's really cool that they're he's setting he's planting the seeds for like building a base level like, you know, before going all the way to the top, you know what I mean? He's got these weird characters that he's like he's got the peacemaker characters, he's got the creature commandos he's got the green lanterns and like you know you want to work your way up to a justice league fighting dark side you know what i mean like yes don't jump into it yeah 
Are we going to see though an R-rated DC movie? I think yeah, will. I think yeah. I think if James Gunn's in charge, we're going to see a lot of R-rated DC movies. But if I would even go as far to say that the the Batman sequel will be rated R. I think they'll do it. They might. They might. Um, I don't think. I don't think I, Superman will be rated R, and no. it doesn't need to be. And I don't think. You know, I don't think uh, Blue Beetle needs to be rated R, but pretty much all the other ones have the flexibility if 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 they if it's justified. You know, why mm-hmm. not do it? Let me yeah. let me list off the other five for the sake of time. We got Paradise Lost, a HBO Max show uh, around kind of a Demascara prequel series. We they described Batman. it as like Game of Thrones, right? But like mm-hmm. in Demascara, yeah. The Brave and the Bold, a Batman story featuring Damian Wayne and the Bat family. They they made it a point to announce that. Uh, we're getting a Booster Gold TV show on HBO Max, a Supergirl one Woman of Tomorrow uh, theatrical film, and a Swamp Thing theatrical film. At least half of those can be rated R. At least. Honestly, the Batman Damian Wayne movie could easily be rated R. If you have two Batmans to play with, I think you make one R. Yes. To me, that makes the most sense. I agree. You go full Batman with one, you know. Well, full Batman is still not what Zack Snyder did. (laughs) Not full um, Batman, but you get you know you get. But the, I'm saying is, I'm saying is it, Wayne. I'm the goddamn Batman. Yeah, Damian Wayne uh, kills. He kills a lot. Yeah, and so like that's kind of what makes him fun is, you know, he's his caretaker is the man that's most famous for not killing, and he suddenly is adopting this kid that is trained by the League of Assassins and is like one of the greatest killers they've ever trained and he's like 10 or something like that it's pretty funny um again change the status quo like yep he's the robin that we have not seen on screen let's let's do it let's do it you know i hope that doesn't mean that we like you said i hope the other bat family is there too because it's funnier if they all i hope we have nightwing already yeah you know i want dick grayson to be nightwing yeah, you I want know, the I other Robins to come in now yeah. and then and be like, whoa, what's up with that kid? That is a mm-hmm. <laughs> good luck with that, you know, or or they have to babysit one night because, <laughs> you know, Bruce is going to go out on a date with Selena. You know, who knows? Who knows? Make it a comedy for rom-com. I don't I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about the 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 future of DC. The I like that, they have, that james gunn have laid out his laid outs i just like them. that they have a cohesive like mm-hmm. like universe that they're trying to put together and, and someone's in charge i think it's important to reiterate that like he is not directing or writing every single one of these projects mm-hmm. correct he's, um, he's higher up the, the the chain than that he is in charge of overseeing that they get done and that's fine he's like the mm-hmm. kevin feige of it all um, him and Peter Safran together, you know, like he's just going to be the face while Safran is going around and moving the money and getting all the the, the players together and stuff like that. It's ambitious, but, though. I mean, you're yeah. talking about getting actors for games, movies, and TVs. Yeah, but I think the cool the, the cool thing is like it's kind of better that they're doing it now as opposed to ten years ago, because ten years ago they just weren't even remotely ready 
to go toe to toe with Marvel. Do you know what I mean? But now all you hear is people get uh, are having Marvel fatigue. You know what I mean? So like maybe this will re rejuvenate that whole thing or, or maybe it'll be a bust. Who knows? Who knows? I'm excited though. I'm excited. Part of the 10 year plan. So there's definitely more to this list that we'll probably learn at a subsequent comic. Yeah. And and for me, growing up, you know, in the 80s and 90s reading these comics, uh my favorite thing about the Marvel and DC comics is that they used to have a healthy rivalry that pushed each other. They would share creator. Yep. Creators would go back and forth, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it would it would competition. It would force, yeah, it would it would force both companies to get to be good to be mm -hmm. to, to push them to greatness you know so i think it's it's a it's a bad time right now for yeah. dc and it, it's right. you know they can only go up. we we want good marvel movies and we want good dc movies yeah um, i'm good both <laughs> yes 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 all right i think we got uh one more mm -hmm. bit of news that's some marvel legends uh that's it for my news but we all got right. some legends cool. We got a Yandu Udanta My was revealed goodness. the other day. This is how far we are down the rabbit hole. Wow. This is a comic book it Yandu. It took this long. They, they took full fin Yandu. Yep. This is him. Uh, classic from the original Guardians of the Galaxy comic book. It's a Yandu figure, and he's going to be a Target exclusive to be released uh, sometime in the spring for pre-order. So probably March-ish. But are um, dumb. Hey, those are Captain America's boots, bro. They're dumb too. Those are Hawkeye's boots. <laughs> also dumb. <laughs> they're pirate boots. With those boots. Yeah, they're pirate boots. Those are pirate boots. The yeah. Pirates wear those boots. Yeah. I think Corsair wears them too. And then if you thought those were dumb, the other uh, two pack was revealed uh, recently. It's a Squadron Supreme uh, Hyperion and Doctor Spectrum two pack. Uh, could be they haven't said where this is going to be made available yet but oh my god i love it so much and they look so stupid um they just look like they did in the comics um i don't know how to sell this to anybody who doesn't know what the squad and supreme is but they look like spectrum and what does the doctor spectrum do uh what does green lantern do that's his power hard light right that's you, what it's called the uh the Squadron Supreme is an analogous one to one uh parody of the Justice League. Every okay. single every single member of the the Squadron Supreme has a DC counterpart. So this is basically your Superman and your Green Lantern right here. Yeah, sir. Yeah, right. but he just uses the prism. He, he has a, he's holding a prism there in his hands. Um, he's got a cool little prism. But yeah, it's uh. I don't know how to sell you on this other than like check out Squ Squadron Supreme. There's actually uh, the first printings of the collected graphic novel actually include the ashes of one of the creators after he died. He asked that his um, ashes be put into the uh, into the printing materials. So he could haunt us all. So he is there in the first printings of that. Wow. I think that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ricky's like, I'll just read it on the on the Yeah, yeah, it's on the unlimited. So I'll watch a YouTube of somebody reading it on unlimited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no ashes involved in that. Yeah, but they are they are a counter 
to the Avengers. They it's the Squadron Supreme goes up against the Avengers. And it's like back in the day, that was the best you're ever gonna get because they didn't know how to get the Avengers to actually fight the Justice League. That was much later. Much later. That's cool. the news. All right. Thank you so much for that news. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to move right into some Q&A to, to get our guest, Clark, ready for the discussion coming up. Q&A time for Clark, but some of us can also answer these questions if you like. Um, here we go. First up. From a flock of beagles, what's your favorite terrible movie? So, I guess uh, considered it was a flop, but I absolutely adore it. Speed Racer. Oh, I love. We could I up on the list. Love Speed Racer. I love that, that movie. That final race scene. It. It's. Mm. I watch it multiple times a year. It's. I totally get what the Wachowskis were going for, and it just felt it was so mis. It's a living cartoon. I would I pay the serious money to go watch that movie in IMAX again. Mm-hmm. I'd. I'd be sitting next to you. I don't even consider oh, 4D. that. A, I don't even consider that a terrible movie. See, I don't consider, but it's a. It was a flop. Yeah, so I guess a lot terrible, of people, what like, context like people, of terrible are we saying? People put like, it on. On. I. I. I was gonna. I. I think I interpret it as more like. What's a movie that you love that you feel guilty loving? Is that Speed Racer? Um, I don't feel guilty loving it just because I love it so much. But yeah, uh, uh, Tonight's was another good example. I love Kroll. And I knew what you guys were getting into. Wow. Okay. Right. But Kroll was, was big in my <laughs> childhood. And I've believe me, I've seen it. I, I know what it is. I know the cheesy special effects. But this is one of my favorite movies. So whoa, okay, then I think that was the answer for the question. <laughs> you know, another another uh, one. Roger Corman did a one called "Battle Beyond the Stars." Uh, that was a clear Star Wars ripoff, uh, but I remember seeing it as a kid and really enjoying it. Ironically, and this this could be one of the connecting factors. James Horner also did the music, and I remember the music so well. Mm. So, so that factors in. Ricky, what about you? You already know it's signs. I adore that movie. Well, I think that movie's signs terrible, is awesome. but most people don't think it's terrible. I think most people think it's bad, right? No, I I, I think signs they still count that as when Shyamalan was good. That that signs a lot of people put that as like the last good Shyamalan movie. But you're not supposed to like it because Mel Gibson's in it, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it was before. It was right. It was. I hope was it before he was yeah, bad? not before he was a racist. He's oh, always okay. been a oh, racist. God. I mean, uh, it's been a rough year for me then in terms of art. I have to not stop. I have to stop liking. It. You didn't yeah. see the signs. Um, I didn't know he M Night self uh, publishes his movies. I did not know that. That's why he can make so many movies. Like, well, that's why he, he keeps getting a lot of stuff greenlit because he pays for a lot of it. it. It's like stupidly profitable. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, th- I found that fascinating. But how about you? Huh. Well, I mean, I guess I've had more time to, to, to answer the question because I've seen these questions from earlier today. Uh, I was thinking about the classic works of like Adam Sandler or 
Norm Macdonald, like uh, Dirty Work is definitely one of the, the movies up there for me. That's a terrible movie, but like, it's funny. It's funny to me. Um, or even Billy Madison. I know like Billy Madison does not age well, man. It doesn't age well. Um, Never but, seen it. but Norm Macdonald's in it and it's <laughs> so stupid funny in it. Like, I just love things with Norm Macdonald in them, even though they're not good. Okay. I, I have one. I have a great one for you that totally fits your definition. Down Periscope. Who's in that Kelsey, one? Kelsey Grammer. Hmm. It's about where they he has to um, take a World War II submarine and fix it up and do a war games with the idea that Russia was selling off their, their old subfleet and he has to go against the modern Navy in his World War II submarine with the crew what? from hell. You guys have never seen Down Periscope? No. Uh, no. Oh, okay. It's considered a bad movie. I love it. I mean, I kind of like. It, it's it's the underdog, you know, stuff. So he's the he's the underdog captain uh, uh, with the the mis- team of misfits that use their their misfit skills to to triumph. My favorite yeah, you've seen the story, but yeah. misfits movie is probably The Ringer, and I know that movie is very problematic now. But uh, I really liked that movie as a kid. Mystery Men, best Misfits movie. Oh, great movie. Mm-hmm. Mystery Men. That's not a terrible movie. That's a great no, movie. No, I, I would not dare put that on a terrible list. At Meet Morp 2000. All right. If you could live in one fictional universe, what would it be? Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, I want replicated. I want. I want. No poverty, no... Uh, That's the only I would, one I would live racism. on Earth. Okay, no Star poverty Trek. is wrong. Yes. There is definitely poverty. On Earth? Not though? on Earth. Yeah, yes. that's pretty good. Yeah, remember Tasha Yard talks about like the rape gangs that would come around. Yeah, dude. I was shocked when I rewatched ne- uh, Next Generation and found out that not all is right on Earth. She referenced rape gangs multiple times in that show in the first seasons and i was like gross next generation what on are you earth doing? yeah well that's where tasha is from right i don't think so i'm gonna look that up okay you can look it up well but in any case i get your point if you're yeah. in if you're in starfleet things are pretty good unless you're a red shirt that's true hey i'd be happy just living by cisco's in new orleans <laughs> cisco's in new orleans Cisco, um, his dad has an incredible restaurant in New Orleans. Where is this character from? Like I'm the singer Cisco? Yes, the singer Cisco. No, Sis, Captain Cisco from Deep Space oh. Nine. That's my favorite Star Wars, Star Trek show. Uh, uh, I want to live in Tron, right? Because like, if you're a user, like, would I be a user or would I just be a program? Hmm. I don't know. Live in a computer all day. Live forever. Uh, I don't know how. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I, I think Star Trek's a good first choice. Um, my thing is, you don't see a lot of wheelchair people in Star Trek. Not a no. lot. Yeah, they they yeah took care of that. I'm going to say 
What if they're all like walking in Star Trek, like they the medicine? Or, medicine I don't, super utopia i definitely wouldn't want to be in a star wars universe that's for sure that's uh right. that's rough um i'm not gonna lie man i think the 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 universe that i've seen depicted on screen that is the most disabled friendly surprisingly is the mad max universe like i have seen quite a few disabled people get pretty far in life in that universe and i'm like i don't know how but Master Blasters definitely runs Barter Town, and then uh, also what it what is the in, in the Immortus so you run the pile of pig crap. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Immortus has his little friend that just hangs out in the throne next to him. Little friend, that's what you want. That's that's your aspiration. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They they live in the life of luxury up there. Uh, Immortus Joe. Uh, I, I've just always appreciated, like when I go back and watch the Mad Max universe, I'm like, "Hey, man, there's some, there's some interesting looking human beings." Do you think there. Immortus Joe cool. makes makes sure that there's ramps by every staircase in his little probably, kingdom? Probably, yeah. No, but if not, if not that universe, then probably, I don't know. The DC universe is pretty cool, uh, just because like it's all pretty. There's a lot of and, crime there. No, no, only Gotham. If you live in Gotham, that's your choice. Yeah, or Bloodhaven. Just go live where Superman is, and you're good to go. Or the Flash, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I I just remember when I when I read the JLA Avengers story, and they each get transported into each other's universes, Mm -hmm. and Superman just starts crying when he goes to the Marvel universe because it's just dirty and like riddled with protesters and crime and everything like that, and and he just doesn't understand why things have to look that awful. But then you go to the DC universe and people have like museums dedicated to them and stuff like that. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's probably my answer. Yeah. They, they definitely, there's definitely, I mean, Professor X has a cool chair, but I don't see that readily available to everybody else. I'm just saying it's just not a common thing. Gotta be friends with Tony Stark. Yeah. At James BB Gun, what what reference do you feel is missing from Ready Player One? The the movie or the game? It has crawl in it. What's missing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, what would I say is missing? I mean, I mean, clearly they had stuff that they didn't have from the book because it couldn't be transferred. Yeah. So, but I would say D and D. Because that's one of the things that I really liked in the book, the, the full D&D reference. And I think that could have been cool to see some Dungeons and Dragons in there. But what, what 80s thing is missing from the book that you feel should be in it? I, I, I've never finished the book because I was annoyed by it. But um, is 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 mask in it? No, no, no. I don't. I, think, I don't think mask is. But maybe He Man. I don't think He Man is really He Man. Not in it. It's not not in a uh, a major fashion. They don't go to Eternia. I mean, if well, it's I mean, it's just reference though. Like, if, is it is it referenced? I there's so many references, and I haven't read the book for a few years 
So I, I don't remember down to each page. I mean, because literally some of the pages are just him saying, you could go to Eternia or you could go to Themyscira or you could go. I mean, a reference is literally just one thing. Gotcha. I think I remember that about the book. That's what I hated about it is just like uh, everything you ever loved as a child is referenced in the same sentence and only separated by commas. And it's like, well, this just feels like you're just mashing everything all together. Um, I I don't I don't care enough about the movie or the book to to, to be a definitive have a definitive answer on this. But that'd be a fun Mask, universe to live in. If Mask wasn't in it, Mask should be in it. Also, Alf. <laughs> I want eighties Disney World. I've been 80s on a eighties Disney, Disney World kick lately on YouTube, and that place seemed amazing. I went to Disney World in the eighties. Was it amazing when, when Epcot was brand new? I'll never get to experience it. It was cool. And the Disney World, though, in the 80s, when we finally went to Disney World, it was disappointing because it was so similar to Disneyland. All right. Yeah. People move here. They didn't have, because they didn't have all the, the other, the, the, um, the Animal Kingdom or the movie, you know, set and stuff. They just, it was, it was very similar to Disney World, but Epcot was just amazing. It was the center. Yeah, put it in Ready Player One, Player Two. I guess. I mean, it's just a ball. Epcot's a ship, right? Technically, like that's like the in-story. It's the experimental thing. prototype city of tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. a city. All right, one more. Should transform. This one's going to be a, a perfect segue. At LL Warm J, isn't Kroll that movie with Kevin Sorbo? No, you're thinking of Cull. Cole the Conqueror. Is it even PC to watch Kevin Sorbo movies nowadays? Isn't that the Venom dude? Cole is also the name of the Venom God. Yes. Or the no, that's no, that's null. That's null. No, it's null. Whoops, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Very, very rhymy. Uh, yeah. So I guess we're just gonna talk about Cole now. Here we go. Oh my goodness. We watched the 1983 movie Crawl because Clark's like, I want to watch Crawl. And I was like, all right, this is Crawl. I, I, I gave you what you asked for. Yes, you did. Uh, well, I asked for, I asked for Heroes Journey movies uh, that, that are from a different time, you know, that we can make Ricky watch. And, uh, Clark gave us a list of three, and we kind of whittled them down to crawl because uh, I know Ricky's tastes, and I was trying, <laughs> I was trying really hard to not give him the high fantasy experience, and also not let him watch a movie he's already watched. Um, and so that's how we ended up with crawl. I the thought he did options, a kick out of Young Liam Neeson. The other, the other options were Legend with Tom Cruise from a Ridley Scott movie. Which we'll definitely watch that one at some point, and uh, Akira, um, the the classic anime. Um, Ricky's already seen Akira, and uh, yeah, it was it was down to almost a coin toss, but we watched Kroll. Uh, we're gonna talk about it right now. Uh, spoiler warning, I guess. Like it's forty years old now. Uh, whatever. 
uh, yeah, we're going to spoil that movie, I guess. Um, but really quick, before we talk about it, let me just give you the synopsis. Um, Kroll is a 1983 science fa- uh, fantasy swashbuckler film directed by Peter Yates and written by Stanford Sherman. It follows Prince Calwin uh, and a fellowship of companions who don't have names uh, who set out to rescue his bride, Princess Lissa, from a fortress of alien invaders who have arrived on their home planet. Uh, This was an international co-production of the United Kingdom and the United States. Kroll was released uh, in July of 1983. The film was a box office bomb upon release and critical opinion has been mixed both upon release and in retrospect. Uh, Numerous reviewers have highlighted its visual effects and soundtrack, while several critics have criticized its plot as being derivative and nonsensical. This film has gone on to achieve cult film status. I feel like this film has gone on to achieve cult film status is going to be the description of most of the crap we write, we we review, Uh, because that's literally what they said about Masters of the Universe uh, two Mm -hmm. weeks ago when we did that. Um, I feel like this one deserves it more than Masters of the Universe. I honestly feel this was a better movie than Masters of the Universe. Uh, but Masters of the Universe had more charming characters. I think the character department was really lacking in Kroll, especially to the point where they just give you, at halfway through the movie, they give you a band of characters that you will never learn the names for just so that they can die throughout the whole movie. And that was weird to me. That was really weird. But Clark, I want you to tell us why you chose Kroll. So as I said, I saw Kroll in the theaters. So I was I was a young boy, you know, uh so 83, so that means I was I was 9. Um you know, Star Wars was in your, is in your head. Uh, Return of the Jedi had just come out. Uh, that came out that year. Um, so, but there really wasn't that many fantasy movies, you know, back then because they were hard to make in special effects, and they had, or they had like the really cheesy ones, or they had the uh, the ones that we might get to, which were the the really cheesy ones with a lot of gratuitous nudity that of course as a 10 year old i did not see which ones are those uh, yeah. the sword of the sorcerer uh Sorry. sword of the sorcerer the sword and the sorcerer all right ricky we're watching that one. yeah we're watching that next week mm-hmm. uh among others uh, uh not call the conqueror though uh so uh i just i remember it i remember clash the original clash of the titans uh you know, I remember seeing that, and that's that's where I learned the word mediocre, because that's what my dad called it when he came up. But as a kid, I just i i was i things that I remember the most are the music and the glaive, which I thought was one of the coolest weapons. That weird starfish thingy that's so impractical. Now, I mean, like like what, you slice your fingers off more often than not, like trying to use it, but. I didn't care. I, I would make that thing out of bristle blocks or Legos, whatever I could. I would try to replicate it. Um, and I remember the creepy, you know, the Cyclops of how creepy that looked. I remember how creepy the spider was. Uh, and I remember that the weird, like giant eye that Lissa stuck in the 
inside the beast fortress that made no sense whatsoever you know those the weird sets and such and it's just it's one of those things that you see as a kid and you just liked and it's like why you like why you like peanut butter and honey or you know peanut butter and jam and stuff it's simple easy and then you just grow up eating it and you like I think the sugar helps too yeah and the sugar but you know nothing this was supposed to yeah you know no no careers really came out of this you know no um uh you know didn't do well and such but i just i always remember crawl and you know watching it with my older brother and and uh you know it's it is one of those childhood memory ones and and i still enjoy it but yeah it's there's there's a lot of stuff like liam neeson of course i didn't know who that was watching there robbie coltrane and so i mean that was years later and i'm like oh my gosh that's liam neeson you know yeah I, I agree like that, that it was, I think that was probably one of the most charming surprises of the movie was seeing actors, <laughs> that for... would go on, <laughs> actors that would go on to do way better things than this movie. And that's why I very specifically didn't tell you who, who you know, who was in it. And I'm like, oh, we'll watch Crawl. Yeah. I wanted you to, I wanted you to be surprised when you saw that. Yeah. I mean, look, doesn't that look so cool? The no. Golden starfish. <laughs> so i think my biggest problem with the glaive in this movie is they kind of try and force it down your throat but like they don't actually they don't actually one it's the first MacGuffin in a film with a billion MacGuffins, and when they first get the MacGuffin, he's told to put it away and don't use it until you need to use it and so you go so long in that movie that it's really easy to forget that he even has the damn thing until they finally tell him to use it and he uses it to open a door. And I'm like, what is this thing? It's such a stupid item that like, I wanted him to cut his hands off just because I thought that would be cooler than anything. And he it's, did with it's it. spinning the wrong way to cut the door. I know. Right. Because if, if the blades are down and it was spinning what would be the dull sides. Yeah. I don't there, there, there's issues. There, there, there be issues. Uh, and I'm totally with you. Cause I, I remember seeing that going, oh, why do we have to wait so long? There it is. Finally. Oh, but that's cool. Yeah. But like, it's remember when Luke Skywalker got a lightsaber and then like the next scene is him on, on board the millennium Falcon training Correct. with the lightsaber. Yes. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, You need to let the people see the thing that you want them to get yeah. excited about. Like that was, I that think, was really weird. Yeah, you know, that's that's budget concerns. I mean, it's also Luke doesn't even barely even use a lightsaber in that first movie, but he uses it right after he gets it. Though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and he lets you get a taste of it. They and definitely. Then guess what? And then Obi Wan uses a lightsaber against Darth Vader, so you get to see lightsabers several it, times. It felt like the they wanted to because this is a post Return of the Jedi movie, right? If I'm not mistaken. No, it same came out year. the same year. Same year. Same year. Post this movie, Star this Wars movie was movie. started development yeah. in 1980. So yeah, post Star Wars. So like they're like, all right, we gotta we gotta make the the weapon that's gonna be the toy. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, guaranteeing that's how that went down. Yeah, apparently, like Columbia Picture, the way this movie came about is Columbia came to or the president came to like producer Ron Silverman and just said, yeah. 
I want a, I want you to make a fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. And like, that's like, it's not like, hey, I would like you to adapt this timeless classic into a fam- fantasy movie or, or like, hey, what have you got cooking? Like, what kind of stuff have you been working on? No, it was, it was just, hey, numbers, numbers are high right now with fantasy movies. Make one. And that is not a recipe for a good movie, sir. Like that is, whoo, that's a bad idea to just, I mean, this movie feels like they they pulled a million little pieces from other fantasy stories, cobbled them together and didn't really make sure that the glue held tight between each scene. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. But that, I don't think that was the purpose, right? No, the purpose I, was to make a fantasy movie to sell to, to, yeah, to sell tickets, like I, right? Yeah. I did a little research with the movie. Like there's a game, right? There's there's a shit ton of toys. Oh, they put a bunch like, of they stuff. They really out. did the whole I had the comic adaption. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's very clear what they wanted what this movie was supposed to do. Well, the movie went through a bunch of rewrites in the process. So like originally, like so you were saying how uh, Lisa hangs out in that eye. Uh, originally, the the first draft of this movie was the beast was a dragon. So, like, at some point that got changed, but they're like, mm, "We're keeping the big eye, though." Like, you we know, we already yeah. built it. <laughs> yeah, we already built this thing, and just you know, I I do kind of appreciate the surrealism of the the entire inside of the castle. Right? It's mm-hmm. like. None of it makes sense. The architecture of it doesn't, no. it doesn't make sense at all. But like, okay, as much as I want to knock this movie for a lot of different things, I will start by saying the set design looks expensive. These guys spent money. They spent a lot of money Filmed on all Pinewood these sets. Studios. So many, so many, so much time spent at Pinewood Studios on multiple locations. There are a lot of really cool sets in this movie. If nothing else, watch this movie fast forwarded to just get a glimpse of all of the cool locations that people created. And it's 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 really impressive that that part of it is. Um, I I got to ask, though, like, what are your thoughts on the voice dubbing? There's a lot of voice dubbing in this movie. There's a lot. I was checked out. <laughs> you checked like, out? That, that was in the first minute of the movie, dear. First two minutes. Something like I that. mean, of course, I didn't notice when I was a kid. And then I found out much later, you know, that Lisa was uh, dubbed over and such. And I read Robbie Coltrane was too, actually. Yeah. Because they didn't want the British accents. Yeah. That's weird. Um, weird. That you would have this British movie without British accents. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, dubbing. Eh, you know, I mean, it's it's the way the producers went. I mean, You're already I throwing know. money at the problem, right? Like, might as well. Throw <laughs> <laughs> like, even more. <laughs> I mean, it's always funny to hear Darth Vader's, the, the actual actor's voice, when they, you know, when they show that before James Earl Jones came in. <laughs> 
So yeah. I don't I don't know what the original sounded like. Like you know that's, that's fair, but you also don't see his mouth moving differently than the words I, yeah. coming out, you know. This yes. whole movie reminded me in like the best and worst of ways of the Waterworld show at Universal. Partially for the voice dubbing, because they do dub those voices and they're a little off sometimes. But it was fun. Actually, the new well, production doesn't. The, they now have live voices. All right, it's they, been a minute. But, but you mean yeah. they were lip syncing? They were lip syncing. Um, it's a different thing to lip sync than to dub. You have some cool special effects, mm-hmm. practical special effects. And, uh, you know, maybe the next time I go to Universal, I'll watch it. If I go another time within the next year, I probably won't go and watch it. You know, and I feel pretty good about that. But it was just a it, mildly entertaining two hours of my life. What was your I, favorite part of this movie? I think the set designs for you guys. Like, I really, I kind of did like the eye thing. And then the whole beast thing at the end, like just seeing it. Um, I I kind of applaud them for going as scary as they did. Um, I don't know if that was 80 scary or if that's genuinely scary. How how did little Clark take that seeing that in theaters? I was scared. I, and they had different nightmares, like when the guys are in the chamber and the thorns are going into them. So of course one of them had to die to show how dangerous. But then the other ones does the thing where it goes, you know, right up to the neck. But I that scared me, of course. And the the the, the organic nature of it being inside the thing, you know, the curved walls and stuff scared me uh but i mean not like <laughs> i not honestly like, like I honestly sleep. like i uh, i get what like, you're saying though like the entire in especially the interior of the castle but like a lot of elements of that movie when i was done watching it i felt like i just got over a fever dream like yeah it, it it is something like it is there is stuff of nightmares in there for sure. I, I the see it. the doppelganger in the swamp that had the sand, you know, and stuff like that was scarier, you know. Yeah. To me that was creepy. And the doppelganger know, just, of the blind guy that we met yeah. only five minutes earlier and then like he dies. Okay. I, I have a question for you as they go to see the blind guy with the crystals around and then did did you get a little bit of your highness in that one? A little bit. I I did feel a tiny bit of that, but like, I think I think my big problem I had with like every single MacGuffin or person mm-hmm. that they went after was like, like this guy Yanir who who shows he's like the Obi Wan of the story yeah. shows up early on, right after the entire wedding party has been this completely obliterated. Uh, but the Colwyn and and Lissa are about to get married when they're get invaded by the rate the slayers and then he somehow survives he wakes up and uh obi-wan is putting like i don't know yeah the paste putty, on his silly on his buddy on his shoulder. on his yeah. chest and he's he's just the guy that's gonna tell you the audience every single thing that this character has to do for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. but the weirdest part about it is every single thing that they're gonna do is the only way and it's very dangerous but then when they fail to do something but wait there's another way and i know of it but it's very dangerous and it just keeps being that for the entire freaking movie that's just called good storytelling yeah 
And then the weirdest part is like, it, you know, it did trigger more in my head than your highness is the Lord of the Rings movies. Because like, I think one of my favorite things about the Lord of the Rings movies is they, they take a little time each time they're traveling between one place to another to really just show you that journey, you know, the oh, yeah. perilous, like walking along, like the, the tops of mountains to get to, to the next place. And, the, and, and it really shows the epicness of the, 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 the traveling that they do in this movie. Every time they say they're going to go do something, the next scene is them there. They're just there. And that was like killing me because I'm like, how am I supposed to get to know these characters if you're not having banter on the journey to the next place? They needed I mean? loading screens. Yeah, yeah. they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I needed I needed loading screens for this movie, and I just feel the editing of it is really is really just I mean, I'm sure it's a product of the billions of rewrites, you know, they just had to cobble together whatever coherent movie they had after they probably blew the budget a million times over. I read, I read that this is what, at the time, this was like the most expensive movie ever made. Like I, I would believe it. Yeah. It looks expensive, man. Mm -hmm. Like when I was watching this movie, I'm like, this is really expensive. Like, so yes, the beast, even as gross as he looks, he looks expensive as hell. I read it's like a full on animatronic. Yeah. Like, it's a full animatronic. Like it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I, I think, I think this movie had a lot of potential to be a really enjoyable mm -hmm. experience, but I didn't really get to enjoy most of the characters. And then when the, uh, when the characters are dying in quicksand or getting stabbed by, uh, you know, bristles coming out of walls or getting shot by slayers. And then, the the characters in the movie are yelling out their names and i'm like bro that's the first time you've said their names like how how am i supposed to get sad for menmo well you gotta buy the, the toy to know the name or buy the comic and then they tell you the name in the comic i just felt so sad that like they missed all these opportunities to let me care about these characters before they died because like seeing that level of death as a child would be super traumatizing and would really make you remember this movie forever. But it'd do even better if you cared about the character like Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Like when when we as kids saw Obi-Wan Kenobi die, that meant something because he went on that journey through the whole story and you got to learn who he was as a person and how he relates to Darth Vader and Luke. But yeah, when Robbie Coltrane's character just gets shot and then dies, I'm like, but you didn't add much to the story. You just complained about it. The whole you complained about the adventure, and then at the end, you're like, I was wrong. The journey was <laughs> worthwhile. And then he just keels over and dies. I'm like, what about that journey was worthwhile? Please explain that to me. I don't know. You can't, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I I don't. I really. I, I, really I would not like hold this movie. up, you know, to Lord of the Rings. Of course not. But uh, you know, it's just it was a a fun movie from that period that I thought you guys would enjoy watching because it would be yeah something that you hadn't seen 
but as you said, the amalgam, an amalgam of so many different similar stuff. And because there are, there are, there are some things that and I like what you said. There are some things that they did really well. Yeah. It, I totally agree with you. It's worth it just for the, the set design. Uh, so, you know, is it worth watching two hours? I say, absolutely. Uh, you know, would I pay extra money to sit with Ricky and watch it in IMAX? And so, no, you know, yeah, no, <laughs> it was, I mean, yeah. it, it was, I'm happy I watched it. Like I, I really am. Cause I, 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 they were overly ambitious. And I think in the best of ways in this film and the things they were trying to do and it hit more than it missed, but it, it definitely also was flawed in like so, so, so many ways. <laughs> yeah. I, and it's boring. I, I, it was, I mean, I couldn't help comparing it to Masters of the Universe because that's the last thing we watched, right? Which, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and which also suffered from like a poorly written main character, like, right? Like He-Man. get boring in the middle. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He-Man was, was boring because like the middle of it was just like, what are we doing? But like He-Man had some really cool characters, right? Like you got to learn that Man-at-Arms was the guy that eats meat in a land of ve uh, vegetarians. And you're like, well, that's kind of funny and gross. You know, you got to learn, you know, like about Courtney Cox and her dead parents. And all. like there's characters that actually mean something. And like, uh, you know, Lizette Anthony, the the one who played um, Lisa, she's like bad mouth this movie like crazy, especially her role, because they did nothing with her character. Right. She just right. like. She's just meant to be a character that gets saved by the the sausage party of a, a band of of dudes. And that, yet in the prophecy, she's the first one mentioned. Yeah. The prophecy said a woman, you know, a woman will be born to be queen and a, she will a woman, choose a husband. A, a woman of an ancient uh, born of ancient, words, name. ancient name. Yeah. And she will choose a a, a husband and there's they will rule the planet and their son will rule the galaxy. Yeah. Apparently that sounds more important for her than was actually at, portrayed. Yeah. At one point in the writing process, um, it was planned that she would turn into the antagonist near the end of the story. Wow. Did, that did I didn't know, know that. Know. Yeah. But this was not part of the final screenplay, no. mm -hmm. given that the production team didn't want her to be less than pure. That was kind of the directive they had for her the whole time is they wanted her to be pure. Um, but she wanted to play it more. She thought that was boring. You know, that the, the, they, they just wanted her to play it that way. Honestly, like the the moment in the movie where I perked up the most was when Yanir went into the spider's den or whatever. And he called out the name Lisa. Mm -hmm. Right. Or Lisa, Lisa. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. I've been watching this movie with subtitles and I know that I've seen that word before. What the hell are we, are you telling me that the person who lives here with the spider is possibly the super old future version of the, the, the character at the beginning? And nope, it turns into a freaking Martha situation. It's yep. just a super cool coincidence. And Oh man, I got the bluest of balls. I got the bluest of balls from that moment because oh, I really so thought yeah. I thought we were about to have something cool happen here. Like where like a giant plot twist occurs and you find out that 
she did turn she did become this evil thing and they're like uh i mean she's talking about how she killed her kid and i was like wait a second is Yanir Colwyn like, but super old and like, you know, is this a time travel store? No, it's not. It's just, it was just a stupid Zack Snyder Martha moment. Like, wow. isn't it cool? I, you can't call it a Martha moment. It came out thirty years before Martha. Yeah, and yeah, it probably not, just it probably justified yeah. Zack Snyder's decision to do the Martha gag. Like, <laughs> look, people loved crawl. <laughs> I, I, I will say though, like if they were to announce HBO Max, hey, we're doing a Kroll miniseries, twenty twenty four, I'd be down. So I'm curious though, like I like you saying this, and we've you've you've numerous on numerous occasions you've talked about how much you don't like fantasy movies. How did you feel about the fact that all of the people on the the planet Kroll? were rocking swords. <laughs> Meanwhile, the slayers were literally shooting them with laser guns. It's the same it's a, it felt like Eternia in the Masters Master of the Universe movie like yeah, but He-Man was rocking a sword and a gun. He didn't, he only got a gun. He had a gun at the beginning of the movie. That's true. Yeah, he didn't have a gun at the beginning of the movie. Um, yeah. And Tila I mean may, maybe I would have been a little more vested in if they all had guns. But like yeah, it's and they were I, I really horses. don't love like the fantasy sci-fi trope mix. You know, I feel like it's like when you get a, uh, uh, what is it? You you get broccoli in your uh, macaroni, right? Like you want to. I like to keep it separated. Oh my! God. Does it work together for some people? Yeah, but not for me. You know, that's the tagline right here. That's the that's the. That's the the full review. It's like broccoli, broccoli, broccoli and macaroni. macaroni. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I gotcha. Um, I I found some funny facts or some fun like trivia stuff about this one because um, the fire mares cracked me up. Like when they go, when they have to, funny when, like one weird. of the one of the last MacGuffins of the movie is in order to get through the castle, which is super far away. They've got to find some fire mirrors. How could we get there? Fire mirrors they, are fast enough. They can travel a thousand leagues in a day. Um, a league was defined as the distance a heavily armed man could travel in an hour, usually three to four miles. So that means that fire mirrors can travel about 3,500 miles a day at average of 145 miles an hour. That's how fast those, those horses were going. Just to be clear. Um, but the weirdest part about it to me is like, yeah, I got it. They're fire mares and we're like waiting. We're like, where's the fire? They just look like freaking horses. And then eventually their feet just start lighting the entire like fields on fire. And I'm like, whoa, that is messed up. And then they take flight. And I'm like, why did you even bother to light things on fire? You're telling me these horses can fly? Well, it's like the Back to the Future car. It sets the thing on fire, right? Like you gotta, you gotta get up to eighty eight, baby. Yeah, forty four miles per hour. Back to the Future car doesn't fly in the first movie. It's a, it's at the end. It it's a different car. I mean, it does fly a, in that movie. No, it's at a, one point, it's, it's a future version of the car. Yeah, but the 
it still leaves fire trail even when it flies. Does it? I think it does. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, it's okay. But I, the point is, fantasy. I mean, yes, that was that was just them showing how fast they are, and when they go straight in a straight line, you know, flying and stuff, and it's all blue screen, you know. But that's that was nineteen, you know, eighty two technology. Like, so I'm just curious. You you say you like the soundtrack to this movie, Ricky? How mm-hmm. did you feel feel about the music? It was fine. Like it was um, same guy who did the Star Trek movies, right? Yep. Yeah, it's the guy who did, isn't it? The guy who did Titanic. Yes, I James Warner like, did Star Trek two II and three and Titanic. And I, I don't remember like the music of Titanic Willow. aside from like the song. I felt like this is this music was offensive to me. It was too heavy handed. It was like I think like the in the opening sequence of the movie. Well, you see, like it's totally mimicking the 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 star destroyer, like coming out, you know, towards or approaching a planet, right? But instead, it's this big rock castle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They play the entire theme, or like they they play a medley of all the songs that will be played in the movie, all at once, as if they don't care that thematically some of those melodies sound really joyful at times. So, like. It just played. Mind. This that's, music. that's some. That's like a theater thing, though. It's but, well, that that actually used to be. That was more of the style, and and yeah. they used to have overtures where they would play just have the blank screen, and still play the overture of the music, and a little bit of trivia. The last movie in the theaters to ever do that was the Black Hole by Disney. That was when also I another saw Star Wars. The, uh, but this Wars movie came out three years after Star Wars. Right. They but it did come out after it, but that was still the the mentality. People were used to hearing. Yeah, it's like when you go to theme, a, go to a play, they play the music you know, head. Like Superman, uh, you know, yeah, it goes through all the themes and stuff. But Superman does it during the title sequence. Yes, I'm saying like the actual the actual story starts playing while while that music is playing, and it's confusing because it's like I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Is this giant rock thing scary? Because then the music got happy for a minute, and then it got scary again, and then happy. Oh, I don't mind it. I, it was I, it was confusing to me. But it very just... well could be that yeah, he wrote that as a as a pre thing, and then they just that they just put it on with the special yeah. effects. It definitely I mean, felt like yeah. they're like we need to have mm-hmm. this scene because yeah. it needs to happen, and it felt really weird to me timing wise because I couldn't tell like when did this thing land on this planet because the people that we meet seem to know a lot of things about the beast. Did he land yesterday or did he land like a few months ago? Like I, I like it doesn't make it clear when he landed, you know, like I was and something that's also unsaid is, you know, at, at no point when you watch the people on the planet, does it look like they know they're part of a galaxy? And yet the yeah. references are like, Oh, they know. They're except, part of a galaxy. Except and, they know that a Cyclops yeah. is from another planet. Another world, yes. That was that made a deal with the beast. Mm-hmm. So somehow they have star travel, but no ships. But they just ride horses. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, like I said, originally the beast not, was supposed to be a dragon. Yeah. Probably not a space alien. 
I think I think some things got changed too much. Just saying. It was I would have bought it more if it was a dragon living in a Castlevania castle. You know, aliens were hot back then. You got to Yeah. I I'm, I'm just saying the movie's confusing because yeah. it's got a lot of different things going on. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Not yeah, it has it has its flaws. What's your favorite thing about this movie besides the set design? Asking me or Ricky? Oh, I'm asking you because I want to know what it is that like. What it, it is could be like the what nostalgic thing, right? Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. It is, and 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 I still taste it. You know, even rewatching this, yeah, nostalgia. And I see, I see the modern flaws and stuff with it, and it is a lot of memories. As I said, for some reason. The glaive, I think, is so cool, even though it is completely impractical. I totally agree with you, you and I thought that Dark I thought Sector. that for years. Uh, actually, yeah, Dark Sector. When Dark Director came out, <laughs> people were saying it's the glaive, it's the glaive. Yes, um, uh, and I've thought for years exactly as you said. The, like he gets doesn't it. The, like, don't doesn't use the it. Predator have a movie a weapon like that too? The Predator yes. has a glaive. Yep. In in yeah. uh, in the Aliens versus Predator. Yeah. Sequel. Yeah. Um, I it felt like Tron, like in a weird way, Tron to me. Like I, I love Tron. Don't get me wrong, but like I understand that, that Tron's is not a better a, mo- Tron's a better movie though. Tron is a better movie. But it's also not a great movie either. Like I it took me a minute, but I I'm willing to accept that that is not a movie for everybody. And it's it is also a boring movie for some yeah. good chunks. You know what? You know what's weird to me is all the movies that came out after Star Wars that are so much crappier than Star Wars. <laughs> like when I watch Star Wars, still to this day, I don't look at it and say that's a movie that is that was made I don't in the seventies and looks like the seventies. Okay. It doesn't look like the seventies. It just looks like a galaxy far, far away. You know what I mean? Like when I watch Crawl, I'm like, you guys are in the eighties and you think you're making a, a fantasy sci-fi movie, but you look 80s. There's you a, look 80s as hell. There's a scrappiness to Star Wars where I think they knew what they were working with and the budget they were there working with, and they made the absolute most with what they had. And I think with money being thrown at projects to try to replicate that, they were overly ambitious. And I, you know... It, it shows in this movie, it shows in Masters of the Universe. Like there's, I think there's a, a biting more off than you can chew aspect to all of these movies where they want this grandiose thing, but without a good foundation, it's it's like, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's crazy to me. Like just how many, it's, you know what it's like? It's like CG in the, in Jurassic Park. I still to this day, have not seen CG as good as I see it in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like the every Jurassic Park movie after Jurassic Park has worse CG than Jurassic Park. You are correct. I don't understand, but they throw money at these movies. Every Jurassic Park movie after the first one is more expensive than that one. And they look worse. They just look worse. And it's so weird to me. Um, I guess that just that perfect magic of, of, of everything that came together to make the, the Star Wars movie. But what's crazy to me is like as as beautiful and timeless as the first Star Wars movie is, 
Crawl came out the same year as Return of the Jedi, which easily is the best looking Star Wars movie of the three. Like, I'm not going to say it's the best story necessarily, but the visuals in Return of the Jedi are mind blowing compared to the other two movies. And it came out the same year. That just that space I, battle at the end with all the ties, and you're like, how did they fit so just, much stuff on the was, screen? Just was, the Emperor's throne room alone. Yeah. Just looks was Lucasfilm so cool. a thing before the first movie, or would that come after? No, that came after. Yeah, I think Lucas that makes Film sense. Then, right? The like first. you're, if you're the top dog, you're going to keep your people, right? You know. You, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, ILM and, and, and stuff, he set up companies specifically just to make his own movies, and, and he has the best people. Um, but yeah, it's... Sorry, I just couldn't help compare this movie to Star Wars the entire time I was watching it because yeah, I feel like every fair. critic at the time was also. Oh, right? yeah. They, yeah. They had to have been. There's no and way. Like, I mean, this is nowhere near as good as Star Wars. Yeah. And it's so... Yeah, it's just so strange to me. So I'm just curious if it, this one really holds a place in your heart, but like, what's the movie that came out around that time that is as as visually stunning as as Star Wars? Do you think it's Legend? Is is that the one that we passed on? No, it's not because Tim Curry looks amazing in that movie. Tim Curry does look amazing, and it is one of the best makeup things. Movie that came out in the '80s. That's <laughs> Yeah, I would say Terminator, right? The first one. The first one's eighty, no, no, no. or seventy. Is it the first it Terminator? It is, it's the first eighty-one. It's absolutely yeah. eighties. Yeah. Eighty-one. Yeah. yeah, eighty-one. No later eighties. Eighty-three. T two. I mean, I, I know there's a big gap between T one and T two. Yeah. But he but did, even then, even then, wait, it's he just, did Terminator before Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. those opening Terminator, that opening scene of Terminator when they're in the future, looks still looks yes, pretty good. That does look, uh, but everything else, like I see the the guns and stuff, it always looks so dated to me. Seeing the first Terminator, yeah, the, the first Terminator definitely is a pro. It's a it's a product of its time, and it's not trying to be. It's not trying to be. Any time other than the eighties, eighty four. If you go to the, the first Terminator, great, came out in eighty four. It's trying to be in. It's trying to. It set itself in. Mm-hmm. You know, Earth nineteen eighties. So like, throwing aliens. That, I mean, Alien. Okay. A- alien. That, sorry, Alien came out before Star Wars, though, didn't it, Clark? No, Alien came out after. Did it? Because that movie is mm-hmm. amazing looking. Um, I think yeah. it was. Uh, 70, 78 or 79. 79. Gotcha. So, well, like a lot yeah. of the movies, like Superman also came out 79. Like, like there's there's a whole lot of the movies and, and uh, Star Trek, the motion picture that, you know, because Star Wars was so successful, you're right there. Like, we need our sci-fi movie. And then, you know, that, that got approved. Yeah. Well, I, I... I will say I am happy that I watched it because the name I sounded familiar. The Cyclops looked really familiar. I've definitely seen memes at least. Of I've him. seen the glaive at a comic con. Mm-hmm. I've seen the glaive. Um, I couldn't tell you for the life of me 
who the oops, sorry who the actor that re, that that played Colwyn is, nor do I nope. care. Yeah. Uh, I will never. In fact, Ken Marshall is the name, and his his career did not take off. What a surprise! I could tell you just from watching that movie, though, that that guy was going to go bald really soon in his life. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a that was a giant five head that man had. It was impressive. Uh, Robbie Coltrane and Liam Neeson, though, they made it out of crawl, even they if they died in the movie really stupidly. By the way, why did Liam Neeson get the most character development out of all of them? And his character was that he had wives well, all over the land. Multiple wives, yep. That was gross, man. Like that was really gross. Uh I I don't I don't know. Like what like and then and then to hear that this movie's like marketed towards children and they like made toys and games and stuff, it's like but okay, whatever. And weren't these guys just gonna steal everything they had? They were gonna kill and murder them and yeah, Steal they were they stuff. were robbers and thieves. Yeah, yeah. I'm confused. Mm-hmm. There is so much confusing about this movie. Um, I like the sets; they were really cool, and I like watching. I like watching Colwyn climb up to the cave to get the glaive. That was cool. I can't say that I would ever voluntarily put my hand into lava, but I also can't wield fire with my hands, so. I yeah, it's just a natural progression with that power, right? Like, yeah, I you're guess. telling me the Human Torch hasn't touched lava. I guess he probably mm. has. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, uh, closing words on on Kroll because this is going to be the last time I talk about Kroll for a while, probably. <laughs> Very fair. I'm glad to have shared this little bit of my childhood with you guys, and uh, uh, you know just just for the experience. I, you know, I think it's worth it. And uh, thank you for indulging me. And uh, this yeah, is no. a fun series. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't take, don't take. I my, do not. My, my, I do not take it wrong because yeah. uh, this, this is how we watch old movies, you know, you, and I really appreciate that you gave, you gave it the slack for being an old movie when it was, but also saying, but these were still some issues, but these were the good parts. Totally appreciate that. But, yeah. I like how you said at the very beginning, you asked me what is a bad movie that you really love. And I finally, and I had to say, you know what, this one, because it had plot wise. Absolutely. It's got some big stinking holes. Uh, as a, but as a, as a kid, didn't notice any, you know, barely noticed. You know, Where does Willow movie. rank versus this? Oh, Willow's better. <laughs> Clark took us to the eighties yeah. cheesecake factory. Yeah. And had us pick the one thing on the menu that we had never tried before. And it was all right. It was broccoli mac and cheese. Broccoli mac and cheese. So if, not if gonna, I'm not gonna see, eat it again. But if you want to <laughs> see one that is is worse production values, cheesier, but with a lot more gratuitous sex and violence, there's others that are like that. Sort of sorcery. Yeah. We're there. We're watching that yeah, tonight on the soapbox. Next, next week. <laughs> watching it on the soapbox. All right. I think uh, with that said, we probably got to wrap things up because we're going to go hop on the soapbox right now. Thank you to Clark and Ricky for nerding out with me today. Uh, we'll be back probably next week. I think we're going to start. Uh, we're going to take a break from this weird uh, series of movies and 
we're going to revisit the old Ant-Man movie um, because we want to watch Ant-Man before the Guanamania comes out. Um, and uh, we have not uh, determined who the special guest is going to be for that one. But um, look could forward to you. that. It could, it could be me. Or, or I the, think you meant Clark. Or the, or the viewer. <laughs> or the viewer. It could be the viewer. It could be whoever's watching right now. Uh, thanks to our patrons for supporting our growth and to our audience for tuning in. Uh, I see you there, by the way. I know you're watching us, so thank you for that. But feel free to feel free to comment next time. It's cool. Um, please remember to like and subscribe at the very least. Uh, and uh, check us out on Patreon for our after show, The Soapbox, starting moments from now. Clark, before we go, you got anything to plug? You hosting the Rose Bowl this year? Shut up. <laughs> you, got, you got that play coming soon? I will talk about the play. I'm, I'm, hopefully I should appear on the show uh, before the play. It's in May. So I will I will talk about some more stuff. Man, I just remember the last time you were on the show, you told us you were going to host the Rose Bowl. That was pretty awesome. I have that recorded forever on YouTube. Okay. Uh, again, the best is the fact that Ian gave me a bot- custom made a mug that says Rose Bowl host <laughs> 2022 with my name on it. Oh, man. <laughs> and I have that mug. <laughs> that's terrible. All right, guys. I think that's it for the night. Uh, don't watch Crawl unless you want to see some cool set design. and Or if you want to just trip balls. I, I really feel like I came out of I feel like I came out of the flu watching that one. Um, yeah. See you next time on Dead Excelsior, True Believers. Enough said. Bye, guys.